Happy Friday! Yay! Congratulations, you made it. Some of you were nip-tuck, but here you are. We're excited that you joined us. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. Did you see the uh, lunar eclipse this morning? Here's how stupid I am. <laughs> I uh, walk outside, and I see, you know, part of the moon covered. Right? The par- partial eclipse, I guess you'd call it. And so I take a picture of it with my cell phone. And I look at it, and I go, it's not a good picture. <laughs> So I walk one block closer. Like I'm going to be closer to the moon. Like it's going to be a better picture. By the way, it's the same. I am technically I was closer to the moon. But as far as the camera was concerned, I wasn't any closer to the moon. Mm-hmm. So it's not really a good picture. I didn't even post. I, you know. I literally was like, I need to get closer. Really I'll walk need, a little closer. You need closer. a camera from the, you know, Adler Planetarium. Yeah, you need, a, yeah, something like that. I mean, you can see yeah. it with a naked eye, but a picture? Mm. No. Just wait till they show it on TV, then take a picture of take the TV Take a picture screen. of the TV screen. Thank ah, you. See? I honestly walked one block closer. I took a picture and I stopped <laughs> and I go, you're, you're an idiot. That's not, you're no closer to the moon than you were on that block over there. Oh, Any hoozy. Thanksgiving next week. I got to tell you, there's a few of you out there. Today's the countdown day. Oh, you're headed out. You're taking you're taking Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off next week, right? This is this is literally the last day of your work and you're heading out on vacation. But what will Thanksgiving dinner look like? Because I saw something and I thought this would be fantastic. Not a fan of turkey. Full stop period. Just there's no there's no turkey or turkey product I like. Loaves, <laughs> nuggets, whatever. All right, well, those are gross, but an actual turkey is good. Actual turkey? Yeah, actual turkey's good. So what if we just... Because what I find myself doing at Thanksgiving dinners is really just having more of the sides. Like, I take the one little piece of turkey so they can't say I didn't have turkey. They carve it. I'll I'll have this little bitty piece, inch and a half long. And then Ah. I'm like, ah, mashed potatoes. Ah. Stuffing. Yeah. You had me at stuff. Cornbread. Ooh. Yes, thank you. Rolls. Green bean casserole. Yeah, I'm cranberry sauce. Mm. Oh. I don't like things with color. Popular at my house. So, what about an all sides? Why can't we just do that? Can we just agree on an all sides Thanksgiving? What's wrong with that? Uh, that's basically what we have anyway, right? Turkey's only one thing, and then that's it's true. all the rest of the stuff. I prefer all the rest of the stuff. I think this is the, the things. But where, where do they rank though? I gotta tell you, there are people out there who kill it with their mashed potato. I'm a bit of a potato aficionado. Okay. I drove by a place the other day called the Potato Barn. And all I can imagine is that it is full of potatoes. That's my hope. Somebody told me it's a clothing store. I refuse to believe that. <laughs> but the I want to believe. Potato Barn? Potato Barn. And it, I, I just want to believe oh. that it is nothing but. It's like the bubble gump of shrimp, yeah. but for potatoes. We got we got scalloped potatoes. We've got al gratin, twice baked. <laughs> like that's what I want to believe. But some people kill it with their uh, with their mashed potatoes, and I gotta believe butter is at the root of that. Is that true, Judy? Oh yeah, butter, sour cream, sometimes cream cheese. The more the better. Heavy whipping cream. Yeah, and, and butter by like butter. I mean, yeah, put a yeah. stick in it. Yeah, yeah, and not margarine. It. It's got to be real <laughs> butter too. Yeah, <laughs> put a stick. in it. All a dean would approve, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. If and it they, doesn't they get... slow your heart down, 
It's not. Right. Good. I mean, if you don't it's actually you hear your heart, that's true. Who cares? Right? But it, yeah, it's all about the fluffiness. You can't have runny mash. And then once you have those perfected, it's also about the gravy. Ooh. Oh, it's got to have good gravy. You have yeah. to have gravy. You can't just have mashed potatoes. Okay. Right yeah. Especially with turkey. Yeah. So you have to make the gravy from scratch, which isn't that hard. Mm. Now, you know how you make very flavorful gravy. No idea. Nick? Put in the giblets. That's right. Oh, oh God. What's a giblet? So when you get a turkey. Parts and pieces. Yeah, it's always <laughs> funny when the people, you know, the people who the first time parts. they've made a turkey and they go, yeah, what? It was stuffed with stuff? Yeah. Yeah. The neck is in there. Oh, God. Yeah. And it was so like they, a science project. Well, they, I, I did uh, this in school. We had to in. dissect a frog. Well, you have to pull it out of the cavity. Oh, God. Yeah. And if you forget and you bake it, well, yeah, it's yeah. not very good. Oh, so you pull that I out and then you put it in some boiling water and that's how you kind of, and you make your sauce and your gravy and <sighs> I don't do that. I I just use drippings. Yeah, yeah. a little cornstarch, a little oh, flour, yeah. thicken it up. No problem. Add some butter. Add yeah, some more butter. butter. You, you know go. what else? I like to add a little bit of cream to my gravy. Mm. It's very good. You guys. Yeah. So the gravy's a big part of the mashed potatoes, of course, and the turkey. Lots of people like the gravy on their turkey too. Sure. But well, if it's good gravy, it goes good on it goes on good yeah. on everything. Yeah. I pretty much just pour it on my entire. Yeah, plate. I was going to say you could yeah. dip your. You better have enough gravy. Bread in it and everything. A lot of times the turkey's dry. Well, somebody, yeah, sometimes. sometimes needs like, a lot of gravy. Needs gravy. Yeah. 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 The best Float thing ever your in- turkey in the gravy boat. <laughs> the best thing ever invented is that little pop-up thing on the turkey <laughs> to tell you when it's done. Well, there's the, the big debate, breast up, breast down. What say you, Judy? Ooh, That's a, there's a de- I do yes, breast up. Yes, there is. Up. <laughs> I know you people. There's a debate. I didn't know there was a debate. I always do breast oh, yeah. up. See, I pick. I picture Nick as a deep frying a turkey guy. I do. I would like I multiple ones. I picture on like a spit or oh, <laughs> an open fire. Yeah, that is how men uh, would do it. That's right. Yeah. Flamethrower out in the yard. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's been a debate out there that if you cook it breast down, breast it actually down. stays juicy. Really? Yeah. That's a debate. But then I guess some people say, well, it doesn't fully cook. I I don't know. Mm. It's just. And that's that's a big issue. You've got to cook your turkey. Things, it's done. Things I never need to worry about, mm-hmm. hopefully, right? But we know that almost everything on that table this year, that Thanksgiving table next Thursday, is going to be more expensive. Like, everything costs uh, either a little or, in some cases, a lot more than it did a year or two years ago for a variety of reasons that we don't need to rehash. So, how can you save some money? How can you... Make smarter decisions. Judy, you're all about saving money. Oh, yeah. I'm frugal. Well, you've got to look for the sales, right? The deals. I mean, I got my turkey. I bought a 20-pounder for 49 cents a pound. That's a good number? It was $9. Please don't say the dollar store. Not at the dollar store. Okay. At the they don't sell turkeys at the okay. dollar at store. The, do I am not a butterball girl. I like my Jenny O turkey. Okay, I okay, find there a you go. Turkey. I always have. So I. Sp- Those are the I, only two I'm aware of. Yeah. Are there? Yeah. I'm sure there's there others. There probably are, but yeah. Norquist, maybe, or something like that. Anyway, a 20-pound turkey for $9. It can be done, people. Mm-hmm. Got to use coupon. It was at the Jewel. Okay. Look around. Everyone has, has, has sales. You could use coupons, of course. You know, your cards that everyone has now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, you know, use those. But also, you know, they say buy canned, maybe, instead of fresh. Yeah. And I, people love their canned cranberries, so oh, why okay. not? Okay, so that's, I have a question for you. Is it canned canberry or fresh cranberry? Where is this? 
debate. Where are we in this? Has there been a decision? The reason I say that is I saw a survey from the people that do surveys about canned or fresh. The great cranberry sauce debate, you will be happy to know or horribly disappointed to find out that as far as Illinois is concerned, fresh cranberry ah. won, won the battle, hmm. if you will. But you don't have to go far. You you could you could pop right down into Kentucky, Tennessee, even Missouri, and you're at the canned. Wins. People love the canned. Yeah, I make fresh, but I buy a canned. I was going to say, if you have, what both, do you mean, just yeah. in case? You've yeah. got because you've got some, backup cranberries. Yeah, I do. It's you know, cram. It's cheap. It's cheap enough, so I just do both. I prefer. I don't. I'm not even a big cranberry person, but I do love the fresh cranberries. All it is is fresh cranberries. Again, in boiling water with water and sugar. Done. And it's fresh cranberries. So delicious. Then you get this canned stuff. It's just—it's a gelled mass that you slice. Yes. And people do, yeah. So good. Again, you know why? You they lost eat me at the boiling water part. That's where I became a little unclear on how to, how to cook it. I, I got lost at that point. Things started to slow yeah, down. My head was spinning. you kind of have to mash the... Um, the cranberry people do you know what There's people see the cranberries involved. here's the thing for the for years i would buy cranberries every year and then i would use them to decorate garnish. i never <laughs> ate them ever not even garnish not even garnish i put them in a bowl of water with my candles you know they were oh. very festive looking wow yeah, i never ate them there now you I go mm-hmm. all right good morning to you it's first judy and cheese reminder there's a podcast of this show. Did you miss any of it yesterday? We had a lot of fun moments. Interesting interviews. You can go back and listen to different clips of it, get caught up on some of the things. Uh, you know, not all of it is necessarily breaking news. Oh, you can catch it on the podcast. Go to WLSAM.com or you can subscribe to the Bruce St. James Show podcast wherever fine and mediocre podcasts are found. So let's keep that in mind. Uh, the... The Rittenhouse trial uh, enters day, I guess this would be four of deliberations in just a couple hours when the when the jury comes back. I got to tell you, color me absolutely surprised that we are going this long with the deliberations. Because if I understand correctly, you know, from the, the prosecutors and the defense attorneys out there that do this stuff for a living. When you have a jury that's been out this long now, it is probably a fair assumption that there is, there are factions, if you will. There are groups inside the jury room right now who won't change their vote. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it may be one. It only takes one. We've all seen like that TV show, right? Where the one juror holds out against whatever. Um, or it could be split down the middle for all we know. But or they, they could just be looking at the evidence very closely. Yeah, I just don't think they're going to spend more time going over the evidence than it took to actually present the evidence. I I don't I don't buy that. Well, the evidence I thought was presented pretty quickly, so perhaps they are taking more time. I mean, they have asked to see videos, they have asked for things, so it's not like they're just sitting there. We haven't heard from them. They have gone to the judge with some requests, so there is some movement in that regard of looking at evidence again. Yeah, being I've always heard this that. Uh, the longer a jury is out, the better it is for the defendant. Is I want to say there's like a uh, uh, an, an old adage in in the law: the longer they're out, the better. The quicker they come back, 
is better for the prosecution. Mm-hmm. So as it stretches, uh, usually, I think the argument being that juries take longer to convict somebody that, that, that you know, that, that uh, excuse me, to exonerate somebody like that, that they they they're quick to convict when it's obvious. Mm. But we'll find I mean, out. They could be, you know, the jury could be very obviously has to be well aware of the ramifications of this case, the importance of the case. And they could, again, d- be doing their due diligence. But they shouldn't be taking that, that into account. Yeah. They shouldn't be taking into well, account, and I hope they humans. aren't, what, you know, what people may do. happen as right. a result of the of the verdict. I mean, you're supposed to, you know, I, I mean, remember when they were going through jury selection? that you have to, it's got to be, it's there. Maybe they're deadlocked, too. You don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I have a feeling there may be a one or two holdout there that's yeah, not that's going along with the rest. I think I think they're at a point now and why they keep asking for more things mm-hmm. to come back is they're trying to convince one, two, yeah. I, I don't know, people in there. And, and who knows which way they're deadlocked. I don't know. Right. I, I, right. You know I, this one could go either way, although, again, I just don't think the prosecution did a very good job of proving uh, their point. But we're now getting, again, and, and I honestly don't understand this because there are some protests outside the uh, the courthouse. Not huge, but there's some, yeah. right? We have Governor Pritzker talking about having the National Guard on call, on standby. You have Chicago police canceling regular day off uh, for cops, bracing for a Rittenhouse verdict. I say this with absolute honesty. Regardless of which way it goes. Who's going to take to the streets? I just, I don't, I don't see people as invested in this. If this were the Jacob Blake trial, I could understand that because there's that racial component, but the racial component isn't there for this. It's just not. It was a a white guy shooting and killing other white guys. For lack of better terms, there's no rioting over that. But there's still the, you know, however tenuous it is, there is that link. To the original shooting, so that would be the only racial part. And I, I agree. I th- I don't think it, but it better to be prepared, right? I mean, that's a good thing that we shouldn't look at this as oh my god, something's going to happen. We should look at it as oh my god, finally police departments are being prepared mm. instead of saying well we had no idea. Got caught with their pants yeah, down, which has happened a lot. You know, remember we were saying all these. Um, all the protests we had earlier last summer, yeah. it was on social media. They missed it. So be prepared and hope but, nothing happens. But having said that, I haven't seen anything like I've seen with other uh, high-profile cases. Let's just use the term. That would lead me to believe that tensions are that high. Let me give an example. The trial going on down in Georgia, that one... That one strikes me as 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 people are more could be more agitated over the arbitrary well, the racial Arbery overtones in that one right. are huge. But minus the racial, when is the last time we had one of these debates that didn't have race at its core? Do you see what I'm saying? When when has there been one of these outrages over it? And and, and that's not to say that the outrage wasn't justified in some cases. But when it's white on white crime or black on black crime, there just isn't the there isn't that component to it. And I just don't see it in this case.
I don't get it. And I, I, I don't think people are going to take to the streets regardless of which way a jury comes back in this. Whether Rittenhouse walks free or goes to jail for life, you know, I just don't see people as in maybe the term is invested in this one. I find it interesting that I haven't really heard or seen. I, I did look it up. I had What's to that? find it. Um, anything about the, vi- and I know we don't call them the victims. They are the victims. They are the who victims. Who were shot. Yeah, I'm okay Any, with like, where Their families aren't talking. Really, yeah. There's one, a great aunt that was quoted for one of them. But otherwise, silence. Yeah, they're not front and center. Is, they're not demanding the families, justice or anything. Are they anything? in court? I don't know anything about the families. There's really, it's very difficult That's a good to find. You, I, I can say, I, I've seen interesting. Usually, spokespeople. Mm-hmm. Or, or we saw his mom, you know. Like Jacob's. Jacob Blake's. Uncle, uncle is, there. Uh, we, you know what I mean? Got, There's there, that connection, but not the actual victim. Not that I've seen or heard of. I haven't seen that. That's a good be point. Interviewed or not, now that you bring it I, up, it's I, just, it's just a, an observation, really. I mean, people maybe they're private. I, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that I hadn't heard that, and I tried to look it up. And because you've seen so many other family members front and center well, in I these mean, things, it's about them, right? right. They were yeah. killed. That's right. The thing. This is That's, not about Jacob Blake. <laughs> this is about them. Yeah, it's about the two people who were killed. Yeah. Uh, well, the jury will uh, head into deliberations again. Now, here's another thing. I was, I was going to say, I saw one of these like professional jury people. Jury expert? Juries don't don't like to be sequestered over the week. No. Ah. Oh, no, today's a good day for a verdict. <laughs> Today it's is a, a good, good day, day for, for a verdict. verdict. They don't want to go, hey, great, we're going to lock you up. Over- Weekend? Weekend. There's football. What are you talking about? Having covered so many trials. Yeah. Thanksgiving's coming up. The majority, uh, there's a verdict on a Friday. Yeah. Some, they're going to have an arm wrestling contest to fa- figure this out once and for all. Uh, yeah, but you could see that this uh, juries don't like to hang around over the weekend. Maybe we get that uh, that verdict today in the Rittenhouse trial. Obviously, WLS will be on top of it all day long. If it's not Nick, it's one of the other fine, fine members of the news team here that will deliver that information for you as soon as possible. Still time for our criminals today, though, right? Got to give a shout out to uh, Michael Maffa and the Maffa family. Of Tampa Bay, Florida. Ah. Finally found an HOA rule I can agree with. Huh. Allegedly. Two weeks ago, the Moffas hired a company to install Christmas lights on their home. The problem was that per HOA rules, you cannot string up the lights until Thanksgiving Day. Ah. Like a normal ah. human. <laughs> While not breaking a specific law, the, the Moffas are being fined $100 a day for disrespect. Turkey Day and getting a head start on Christmas. Mr. Moffa claims the decorating company couldn't come any other time and pff, he isn't going to climb up on the roof. A likely story from a criminal family Bob <laughs> So if we're going all Clark Griswold uh-huh. the first week of November, you, Michael Moffa, and your entire bleeping family are the Bruce St. James Show almost criminals of the day. Uh, all suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law no matter how crazy they are. Good morning and a happy Friday to you. Appreciate you spending some time with us today. A little chilly out there again today. Although it's going to warm up, but then it's going to get cold again. Again, just <laughs> swear to goodness. The, my coat rack at the front of the... It just keeps rotating. I'm just going to leave everything hanging up there. I've got everything from a t-shirt uh, to a parka. And just every day, like, put your hand <laughs> outside and You're go, not going to want that t-shirt. Not going to want the t-shirt yeah, for a while. Yeah. For a while.
style. I see, see people wearing shorts sometimes. Somebody in flip-flops the other day. No. Yeah. Oh, the flippy floppies. <laughs> You're always going to see that guy in shorts. There's always, right. always going to be that There's one always guy. There's always that one guy wearing shorts, right? He's out shorts. What's he runs deal? warm. He runs... He's, yeah. he's always Who warm. are you? Yeah, it's strange. Hopefully he's got a job to pay for that, though. I, <laughs> Judy and Cheese, the reason I bring that up is... Not because, there's one available. Yeah, jobless. Jobless claims have dipped to a new low. That's a good thing, right? It is a good thing. Uh, claims edged lower to 268,000 last week. So they keep, the jobless claims keep going down, which means people's either people's unemployment's running out or people have gotten a job, right? But we know that there are still, I don't know, 10 million jobs. There were 10 point Six million, now there are ten point four million. So some people are going back to work. Like you go back to April, March and April of twenty twenty. Jobless claims topped six million. Okay? Last week, like you just mentioned, two hundred and thirty eight thousand or whatever. So that is certainly a sign of things going well. As a matter of fact, uh the people take a look at this say, um, maybe by next month. We will be back to 2019 levels, pre-pando levels. Although this is something that I have always struggled. It involves math. And so let's be honest, okay? Is the unemployment rate what we should be looking at? Are jobless claims what we should be looking at? And here's why I say that. You know, whenever they release... The jobs report. We get it every month, right? It's whether the first Friday of the month or whatever it comes out, you know, for those of you that, that pay attention to that. Something that has gone unmentioned in this is the labor participation rate. Because you only count as unemployed if you're looking for a job. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. No, I know. If you're not looking, as far as the Labor Department's concerned, you're retired. You're independently wealthy. You're whatever. And the labor participation rate has been going down. How about this? Did you know? I was a little... Okay, let's just throw it out there. Of of working age Americans, okay? Leave the little maggots out. Mm-hmm. Leave the retirees out. Of, of people of working age. Over the age of 60. What percentage are actively employed? Labor participation. What do you think? 70? 70%? Yeah. 50. 50? Yeah. Okay. 61. Hmm. 61% of... I, I'll use the term eligible, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, available who working. should be working. Excuse me. Yeah. 61. And that number has been going down. And so when you look at things like unemployment and jobless claims, you also have to look at, well, did some people give up looking for work? Did they like cash in their 401k and buy a van? You know, I, you know whatever. What was that movie when the Oscar? Oh, yeah, that's right. Where she, like, the, the people that nomads. just lived in nomads. Yeah, they just. They became nomads. Yeah, just wandering now. Yeah. Well, but we have to go Not back looking because for work. during the pandemic. Everyone went on unemployment, right? Because they could. And Six million. And you didn't have to put down that you were looking for a job. 
They didn't ask on, you. On it purpose, was, Everything went out. Yeah. So, I mean, everything's skewered right from the start. You know, now we're down to however many, 200. Uh, so, all those numbers to me don't make sense because everything was messed up from the pandemic. So, I, I feel like 10 million job openings says something. Right. But you see how this these two things operate in unison? Well, or against one another. There's job openings, but fewer people of working age, I keep using the term, even considering working. That they are not part of the labor force. Because if you're not employed and you're not looking for work, what do we call you? You're not unemployed. You you're you choose not yeah. to work. Well, we know that they are trickling back. They, they are, are starting they, to come they back. They are starting to come back. And again, I this my theory is there's a theory. COVID money has people, run out and unemployment. I'm going to count unemployment as COVID money because people got this unemployment for so long that mm-hmm. they've never mm-hmm. had in the history of you know America before. I mean, and, and extra. It wasn't just extra. your normal. There was oh an extra, extra couple hundred bucks a week or whatever. Six hundred dollars. It was ridiculous. So I feel like. People are still financially okay. Mm. And let's face it, if you don't have to work, you won't. If you don't have to, you're not going to work. You're not going to, I mean, that's just how people operate. They're not going to say, well. I don't know if that's true for everyone, but yeah. yeah, But for, well, I don't know. This is, I think my theory is panning out here. What are the, I keep saying to myself, how are these people not working? I think they have a little padding. Yeah, what are the 39% of working eligible people right. what are they doing they're waiting they're hedging mm. they're like yeah i'm doing okay and and then we have to throw in there you know what i i, I want my dream job now my dream job is i'm gonna hold out i want a bonus yeah i want someone to pick me up every i want to work wherever i want i want to work my hours I would, yeah right? i would ask I for do all that a private car every day a private car take yeah. me to work yeah right yeah <laughs> I could probably get it. Yeah, you ought to try, for goodness sakes. Happy Friday to you, and a good morning, Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. 6.36 in the morning. If you needed to be somewhere by 6.30, you wait. (laughs) Throwing it out there, okay? Blame us. How's that? Uh, Yeah, Uh, you were... Locked in on the news, needed to know what's going on. Gosh darn it, boss will understand. You know, we've seen, at least when it comes to COVID numbers, that despite a vaccine being approved for kids, five and up, that young people, the youths, are the group with the fastest growing rates. Joining us right now to make more sense of it is Dr. Susan Bleasdale with the University of Illinois Infectious Disease Center. Good morning, doctor. Happy Friday. Good morning. Happy Friday. So uh, help me understand, and do we know why, maybe more specifically, why are the numbers surging with kids? And is this, are we, are we grading it on a curve, or is this a true uptick in numbers? Well, I mean, I think we are seeing a number that's increasing in kids, but we're seeing some increases, especially in the last week, sort of across the board, too. So we're seeing increases. Yes, we have the vaccine available for kids, but it's only been recently available for those from 5 to 11. And really, there's not very many that are fully protected yet 
from the vaccine in that age group. So it's still important to make sure that we're being cautious. I think in young people, they, they're gathering together probably without their masks and, uh, and not fully protected yet from the vaccine. And we're, we're seeing these numbers increase. So when you say we're seeing increases, though, across the board, uh, can we pinpoint other groups that we're seeing increases in or is it just everyone? Well, it's just everyone, really. I mean, there's probably you know a little bit of watching where the kids are. And I think everyone has been paying attention to that because the vaccine is available. But, you know, the numbers in Chicago um, increase. We were at one point. 2% 2% positivity a week ago, and it doubled to more than 2.5%. I mean, that seems small right now, but that's, you know, twice the positives that we were seeing the week before. Um, I think what we're seeing is people, you know, it's getting colder. People are gathering inside. People that are vaccinated are feeling maybe a little bit overconfident about <laughs> the, the the uh, protection you, of the vaccine. Are you talking to me, Dr. Bleasdale? I am 10 foot tall and bulletproof. All right. Right. Yes. I think that's that's what we're seeing. I mean, I, I know from, you know, what I'm seeing in clinically, but also, you know, related to friends and family, too. It's like, well, I'm vaccinated. I can't get COVID. And it's like, well, that's not entirely true. It decreases your risk, um, but it doesn't make it zero. And we are seeing that maybe over time your protection from the vaccine may be waning the protection against hospitalization and death is still holding up, which is important, right? Yeah. That's the most important. But um, but I think we're, we're just seeing a little bit more people being lax, attending more events. Um, but, but isn't this, and Dr. Bleasdale, I, I, again, we sincerely appreciate the fact that this is literally what you do. I, I cannot imagine when you first decided, I, I'm imagining a, a young Susan Bleasdale in high school going, you know what? I think I want to go into the medical field. You know what? I think I'm going to focus on infectious diseases. Nothing ever happens there, right? And now you fast forward to uh, uh, 2020, if you will, and you are smack dab in the middle of it. But can you understand that for the rest of us, I think there is a fatigue that has set in. And there is a, a listen, uh, I got my vaccine. I wear my mask. I, you know what? I think there's a certain measure of at some point, people have just resigned themselves to the fact that this is going to happen or not happen. I got my booster shot even. You should be happy. I even got a flu <laughs> shot, Dr. Bleasdale. I don't know what got into me. All of a sudden, they just yeah. started sticking me with needles left and right. <laughs> I, I I am back to I'm just going to live my life normally. I, I mean, I understand that. And good job for getting both the flu shot and the booster. Um, and, and I'm fatigued as well. Um, I think everyone is fatigued by this. I think, especially with this recent increase, this is disappointing. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think, yes, we do have to live our life. Can we get back to totally what we were like before the pandemic? Not yet. Um, and I think that's very discouraging for so many people. But I, I, we just have to be wise about it. If you're going to you know, attend an event, you know, having everyone be vaccinated or tested is helpful, but, but there's still some risk. And so you have to know that risk that you, there's still a chance you can get it. If you are protected by the vaccine and you don't have any conditions that make you more vulnerable, then, then you can take that risk, but you want to be wise about who you're going to be with afterwards. You know, you might not want to be with a family member that's vulnerable after you attend a wedding or, 
a large gathering where there's people that are unmasked because if you get it, it's going to be mild. You don't want to give it to somebody that's going to be compromised. And it's the same thing why we're seeing it in kids. It's so important for them to socialize. In school, it's not happening in school because they're wearing masks and they're being cautious. But, you know, I have um, teenagers, and they, they need to be social. And, and I know that, that outside of school, there's, there's activities that are happening, and it's leading to transmission, but they're protected by vaccination, and they're young and healthy, and so their risk is lower. But we just have to be cautious to not have, you know, my teenagers around my elderly father who might be um, vulnerable even despite his vaccination. So that, that's the thing. We just have to make, make wise choices. Because it's not over, unfortunately. I <laughs> make think good choices. If you're going to leave it on. up to us to make good choices, <laughs> we're in trouble. But I want to ask you, Dr. Weasel, there was a time not so long ago where almost all the cases of COVID were of unvaccinated people. Is that still true or has that changed? Well, we have more people that are vaccinated wonderfully. That's, that's really important. And I would say so we are seeing some cases in those that are vaccinated, but still the majority of people that are hospitalized are those that are unvaccinated. So that hasn't changed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, really the people that are vaccinated that we're seeing in the hospital, they tend to be people that have, have immune system problems that the vaccine doesn't fully protect them. So, so that's not so much of a shift. Um, still, the vaccine, again, is still protective against hospitalization and death. But, but we are seeing more cases in vaccinated. We have more people that are vaccinated, um, but still, still more in those that are unvaccinated. I, I wanted to, to, to follow and just real quickly is, you know, I saw a recent, I'm going to call it a heat map for the city of Chicago. And is it fair to say there's also certain zip codes, neighborhoods, areas where the numbers are way up and others where the numbers are way down. This isn't even uniform across the city. That's true. And that's something that the city's been doing throughout the pandemic. And they, they call it the hot, it is a hot spot report where you can see different zip codes. Yeah. Um, there, there's definitely more activity in areas where there's the least amount of vaccination um, acceptance. And, you know, some of that is access. Some of that is, educa- you know, just providing information um, to make sure people are educated about risks and benefits, but there are some some areas within the city where there's less vaccination, and those tend to be the areas where we're seeing more activity. And then, of course, when you see transmission, it spreads within the community very very quickly. Very quickly yeah. um, you know, you see clusters. You, that's where we see these. Um, you know, there's an event, and there's people mm-hmm. that have attended, and that's where we see those. Super um, spreaders. Go up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Belisto, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it once again. We appreciate, again, the fact that over this entire time you've been uh, helping us deliver factual information. People make good make good choices. That's what I heard Dr. Belisto say. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm guessing that. <laughs> so that goes. Sincerely appreciate <laughs> that. Good information from reputable sources. Here, here. Are you saying, reputable sources. I think she's saying Facebook memes are not yeah. reputable yeah. Yeah. Sources uh, for that. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Bleasdale. It's inappropriate. And a good morning. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. What do you do in the bathroom that isn't what the bathroom was intended for? Do not be overly graphic with me, by the way. 312-591-8900. I'm the oddball. Because I use the bathroom 
for only what a bathroom is intended for. I take showers in it. I do the business, if you will. You yeah. know, I, it's got a mirror. I shave. Like, that's all I use a bathroom you for. Brush your teeth. Brush yeah. your teeth. You may cut what, your nails. The I bet. types of things yeah. that a bathroom is meant for. But we're I finding I dry out, my hair. I maybe put makeup on sometimes. Certainly a, a ba- what a bathroom's intended for. But we're finding there's a lot of people out there that use bathrooms for things that they're not even intended for. To the point that, okay, people watch television? Do they do they have the TV in the bathroom? Or do they watch on it the on phone. their phone? They bring yeah. their phone. phone they bring an, an iPad. You say that. I, so it's one of those things where we were at a friend's house. And, you know, when you have guests over, there's a guest bathroom. Right? Yeah. That's the one the guests use. It's got the fancy towels in it, and it's got that soap in the shape like of a, a freaking yeah. flower. You don't actually wash your hands with it. You know the you know the bathroom I'm not talking about. It happens everywhere, but for some reason they couldn't use that, so you had to use it there. I go in their bathroom, like in the bedroom. They got a flipping TV hanging on the wall. Get out! Yeah, I've seen. You TV can take a shower bathroom. and watch TV, and I go. You can't be away from. The, you can't take a shower without watching television. Some people have TVs in every room. Literally. But the bathroom? And let me just say, a lot of people in our industry. Yeah, in the bathroom. Well, remember, phones in the bathroom used to be huge. Like, so remember the hotel? Phones. You'd go in the hotel, yeah. and there'd be a phone next to the commode, like First sitting there? First time, I was at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Love that hotel. It's a nice hotel. And Love it was hotel. nice, but the first time ever, I went, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. There is a phone. I called someone. You can sit on the John, and you can talk. I think I called my brother. Someone, you know. Just because you could. Because I could. By the way, it was probably a $9 call also. Yeah, exactly. If you're calling from the hotel. Oh, you know, yeah, they charge us. You had to do that. For sure. Joey? Okay, well, I I used to do this when I was younger. Okay. But uh, my parents have a TV in their bedroom. So I would go in their bedroom, turn the TV, and then I would lock their bedroom door and leave the bathroom door open so I could watch the TV from the bathroom and no one would come in. Oh, you'd spin the TV around, though, so you had good line of sight. Yeah. I see how you are. Okay. So apparently... This well, is, let's be clear here. How long um, are you spending in the bathroom? Maybe that's, that's the bigger question. Are you, are you binge-watching Narcos while you're doing this? Like, how many hours are you possibly <laughs> well, I mean, it's the only place you have, like, the most secure alone time. No one's going to come bother you while you're in there. Okay, see, I think that's what you're talking about. Uh, 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 listen. What do we call? What is Joey? Associate infant producer? I don't even know. Uh, associate associate infant producer. As, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm finding out and learning, and something that I don't know because I, you know, have not been married. That for some people, the bathroom is a sanctuary escape, escape yes, room yes, it is an escape it is a place to go and get away where hopefully people won't bother you right they'll bother you everywhere else. they they will I'm bother the you but they'll hesitate <laughs> yeah, or maybe they'll walk away Miranda? my boyfriend spends over probably like 45 minutes in the bathroom just sitting there, not doing anything. Yeah, he's trying to get away from you. Oh, that's yeah, 100%. A, that's a, and it's that's the a, most infuriating thing, especially first thing in the morning yeah. when I really have to go to the bathroom. And oh. he's just sitting on TikTok, and I just hear the sound. And then there's silence. And another sound. Because let's be clear. It's men 
who th- this study is oh. about one in ten men. <laughs> There's plenty oh, no. of women that, that escape 20. into there the bathroom. There are a few women, but mostly men who do this. Yeah. My showers who watch are about movies an hour long in so. the in the bathroom. How do you have that much hot water? Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well water. I don't know. Well, well water. I don't know if that's a reason. No. <laughs> Were you living out by me with yeah. the well? <laughs> you could use Jeez. as much water as you want. You'll pay for it. Yeah. But yeah, I just don't have that much hot water. Usually, oh. it runs out at some fifty-gallon tank doesn't oh, take yeah. long. We need a good hot water right? meter. Yeah, I just like to get in and get out. I'm not going to watch TV, do a crossword puzzle. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like you want to hang out in there? I don't. I don't bring my <laughs> okay. Bring a my crossword phone puzzle with me? now. I you know, I might do that. I don't. I don't <laughs> usually have one handy. But, Doesn't well, it depend it, if you keep his six pack in the tank or not? Here we go. Oh, there here you go. we go. I mean, that's the old but standby. Just so you guys know, it's not good. The whole point of this is you shouldn't be spending that too much time. I don't disagree. On the toilet. Yes, thank you. Get your business, business over done. with because God, the to longer be you take, the more problems you may cause. Huh? Like health problems. problems. Yes. Okay, you're not talking about no, marital problems. No, like hemorrhoids <laughs> and things like that. It's like, don't stay on. If you can't get your business done, then get up and come back later. This is, this is way too involved. It's I think we need to go back thing. to outhouses. Then people won't stay in there long. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, t- TVs in the bathroom. Um, hey, Dean in Sheridan. How you doing, James? So far, so good. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Man, I tell you what, I I haven't had TV service in over 15 years. What? No, I I don't watch TV. All right. I, Thank you for listening you know, to the radio, at least. I'm, movie I'm... or anything, I, I, I get a DVD from the library. But wow. I, I, I read books. You, you bring know, books it, into the bathroom. It's a library for you. It's a well, reading room. Yeah, I mean, it, it passes the time while you're sitting there and taking <laughs> care of business, but... I, I, I was going to say, is, well, you've sworn off all other uh, um, uh, modern technology. I'm glad you still listen to the radio. I do appreciate that, Dean. Well, hey, that's that's where I can get my news here, from. Here, here. Well, yeah, we appreciate yeah. that, Dean. Best of luck to you and enjoy your reading Friday. We jump into our 7 o'clock hour. And we're taking a look at the big stories people are talking about. Judy can start us off. Well, janitors at Chicago Public Schools will be spending the Thanksgiving holiday picking up brooms and mops to clean up what's described as some filthy buildings. Part of the problem is a lack of custodians. Will they or won't they? The Rittenhouse jury will begin day four of deliberations with a lot of people thinking they may not want to spend the weekend locked up in a hotel somewhere. We may get a verdict later today, Cheese. Yeah, well, the CDC wants everybody to know that. There will be a flu season this year. The CDC is worried because flu vaccination numbers have fallen behind schedule. So far, only 162.5 million doses of the flu vaccine have been released so far or uh, distributed. There we go. There we go. Shot in the arm. Uh, After a week off uh, to give long-suffering Bears fans a chance to simmer down a little, especially after a, a tough loss against Pittsburgh. Or I think you could certainly have argued they could have won that game. Uh, the Bears are back in action. Joining us right now to talk about what we can look forward to this weekend. It's our very own sports guru, Rob Martier. Good morning, Rob. Morning, Bruce. And keep in mind, Bears fans are still suffering. There is that. 
they still suffer. They they are suffering. Even can, when they win, we suffer. Can we back up a second though and go back to that <laughs> horrific Steelers game where you could argue that game turned on a bizarre penalty slash taunting call. Have we gotten to the bottom of this yet? Because I still don't understand it. Um, I'm still scratching my head over that one. It was uh, just a brutal game. And the, and the penalties against the Bears uh, were just uh, some self-induced, but a lot of them I just I just don't quite understand. And I, I get it. You know, the game was at Heinz Field. You get a little bit of home cooking there. Sure. However, I, I think the Bears certainly got the short end of the stick. Um, and then, of course, the the game turning on, as you said, that that uh, taunting penalty, and, and while well, I got hip checked by the official, and this and that, and the other thing, it was just it's just very weird. Aren't there some games though where it's all about the officiating? Like it I seem to be, hear that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes, and it's almost like a. It, you know, it keeps going and it can't, you know, you can't get out of your own way with the officials sometimes and they just keep making bad bad calls. Judy, that's that's exactly what happened in Pittsburgh. Now, I, I, I tend to oversimplify this sort of thing. If you want to eliminate officiating from the game, then score more points than the other team. <laughs> there is there a, you go. Right. When, but when you're always being penalized, that is a bit of an issue. And I think the Bears were penalized, I want to say, for over 110, in between 110 right. and 120 yards that game. That's, that's a problem. Yes, sir. Without a doubt. Again, he's Rob Martier, WLS sports guru. Okay. Well, let's fast forward now. And now, your Chicago Bears back in Soldier Field, right? Yeah. And welcoming the Baltimore Ravens, Baltimore Ravens. Who, 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 on paper, I've always been afraid of playing the Ravens, but they maybe don't look as dominant as they once did. Now, they're a little suspects away from Baltimore. They just lost to the Miami Dolphins, was she was a bit of a head scratcher. Yeah. Um, I think most people are excited to watch the matchup, of course, between Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson, the two quarterbacks. These guys are very, very similar. In fact, Lamar Jackson leads the Ravens in rushing, which huh? again, a quarterback is not supposed not, to. No, that's <laughs> right. So, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> it know, says something about your running backs or lack of them. Yeah. But you still have key injuries for the Bears. Khalil Mack, Allen Robinson, Danny Trevathan, Elijah Wilkinson, uh, you know, Darnell Moody. Uh, the, these guys are, are key components for the Bears. Uh, now, Mooney might be back for the game. He's been limited practice. But, you know, Mack, still no practice. Uh, Robinson, still no practice. Um, so this is really becoming uh, an issue for the Bears, unfortunately. Is Nagy back? Uh, and I mean that literally. When, when, when can we get rid of him? <laughs> wow! Sorry. Wow! There you go. You got it going on. Yeah, I think I've I've identified some of the problem. You know, Matt Nagy. He's one of these guys. I like him, but to me, he has never seemed like a head coach. Now, mm. what is that? I mean, the the barometer is different for everybody else, but he just doesn't look like a head coach. Okay. Well. <laughs> That's funny he because look like you're right though. Coach. When he talks, I'm like, come on, put some, you know, get mad. Right. No, He's that's, very, that's... but I don't know. Is it, do you need to? Do you have to be like a jerk to be a? Co- I think we're Fire used to. We're so used to Ditka, right? We want yeah. that kind of coach. But I don't know. I mean, really, what we should be. 
concentrating I, I on, just, right, is his calls. I just want somebody to take control of the team. I mean, what right. was it? A few weeks ago, we said, "Well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna kick it around, and we're gonna put it up." <laughs> Everything's and, always okay see, with him. Yeah, see, it, see what see what happens. You know, maybe you know we'll have everybody write something down and put it in the suggestion <laughs> box. And right. We're gonna have yeah. a suggestion or, or box. My favorite. We're getting there. No, you should be there. You're the head coach. Come hell or high water, the buck stops with you. Agreed. Act like it, you know? Here, here. Anyway, that's just me. What well, I, again, you know, one of the things that has changed over this season was entering into the season. You tell me, Rob, but my impression was. Well, the defense is solid. It's going to take a while for this offense to figure itself out. You know, we we started the Andy Dalton era that didn't last long. Then we got into the Justin Fields era. Well, now it seems like the offense is finding its groove, its rhythm, its pace. But the defense fell apart. What happened? Injuries. <laughs> yeah, that just, simple. Uh, yeah, when you when you take two components out like Khalil Mack mm-hmm. and Danny Trevathan, um, these these are two very big-time players, uh, Akeem Hicks as well, let's not forget about that. I mean, you know, you, you suffer those types of injuries, and a guy like Khalil Mack who can sometimes occupy uh, two or three guys on the offensive line, uh, you know, Akeem Hicks, Danny Trevathan is a great linebacker. Uh, this, this creates huge holes on the defensive side of the ball. So, Bears? Are going Bears to Oh, oh, don't sugarcoat it, Rob. Ah, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Are they going to lose by a lot? Um, they they can keep it close. I, I you know what? I should have looked up. And my apologies. I should have looked up the point spread. But I think I think the Bears cover the spread. Um, you know, it's at home. Uh, they, they moral victories. Yeah. Are we leading the league I, I in moral like, victories yet? I, I hate when they lose I, a close game. I'd rather they just lose by a lot. Rob, you ready for this? <laughs> Thanksgiving Day, Detroit 17, Bears 3. No. Yeah. It's going to be Detroit's first win against the Bears. You are just, you guys are piling on at this point. Bears fans are throwing things at their radio right right now. (laughs) Hey, hey, it's it's baby steps for Detroit, right? They tied uh, the Steelers. Unbelievable. You you start with a tie, and then you move on to a win and see how that works. Allegedly. Allegedly. Hey, Rob, thank you very much. We'll be watching uh, this weekend. Sunday, Bears at home hosting the Ravens, Miranda, uh, from Baltimore. And uh, that'll be, again, people be watching the quarterbacks because they have a very similar style. They are extremely athletic, both uh, Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. They both can run with the ball at any given moment. And both of them may lead their teams in rushing. (laughs) That would be interesting. Uh, Have a game where both quarterbacks lead their league in, uh, lead their teams in rushing. Passes over turkey any day of the week, right? Hey, good morning to you. It's Bruce, Judy, Cheese. A happy Friday to you. Uh, and short week next week. I think a lot of people's like this. Be happy, yeah. for goodness sakes, all right? And a lot of folks are going to be traveling. I know that some people are getting a head start. Maybe today's your last day. You're heading out. You you, you planned your vacation well. I'm going to take Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Friday, boom. I got like 10 days in there. So don't make me do the math. I don't know how many days it is. Uh, but let me paint a picture for you. You, you're minding your own business. You're, you're at O'Hare. You're over there. Terminal 1. You can fly United. 
get on your plane. You sit down. You get on early. You sit down. You're on the you're on the window, right? Yes. You're a window seater. Put your stuff under the seat. Down the aisle. Here comes a mom. And she's got a baby. And you're watching. And you're like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Hi, I'm in your row. Son of a muck. People will freak out, right? We talked about traveling with pets and dare I say the challenges of traveling with pets? This may surprise you. I have a hell of a lot of empathy for parents traveling with babies. Yeah. Be- because I know it can't be easy. And I know that they aren't making the baby cry on purpose. And I know that, you know, I, kn- I know that. But it can be a little stressful for everyone involved. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Say the because least. the baby does tend to cry the whole flight. Their ears it's hurt. It's the ear thingy, right? Yeah, it's the pressure, which is I why. I cry half the flight. Don't get me wrong. why I drugged my children when I used to fly. What did you drug them with? Benadryl. Benadryl. Something safe, but something that would knock them out for a while. So, uh, but or I, make them drowsy and they, it was hard to cry. When I tell people I've never drank, I've never drank alcohol, I'm technically not true. Ah. I drank as an infant, apparently. Ah. And I drank as an infant because my mother used to dip my binky, my pacifier, in whiskey, sherry, something like mm-hmm. that, something sweet, put it in my mouth, yeah. and off I would go. And that would be for trips and traveling or whatever. So when I say I have a drink, my mother was getting me drunk as an infant. You need, you have to do what you have to do as a mom. Sometimes. You got to do what you got to do. Right? You know what? And if it involves alcohol, that's just the way it is. <sighs> traveling with babies can be very, very difficult. Obviously, if you have one, you already know that. And, and there's tons of tips on how to do it. But I think, certainly for us, it's more the way I look at it is, the rest of us, how are you going to deal with the baby on the flight? I got to tell you, I'm not looking for sainthood. I'm not looking for credit. I was, uh, you know, in the jet bridge, you're walking down to the plane and I, there's mom with baby, right? And I, I cannot estimate how old babies are. I don't know. Somewhere between was born earlier that day to six years old, somewhere in that range. Was it, was it okay? walking or was it? No, needed, she was carrying it. So it was a baby. I would call that a baby. And she had the stroller, you know, and and carrying, pushing a stroller, but carrying the baby. I was like, you know, you're not doing it right. But you get to the bottom of the the bridge and you got to, you got to put the stroller away. You can't take that on the airplane. It doesn't fit on an airplane. Mm -hmm. Again, not looking for credit. Careful what you wish for. I said, you go ahead. I'm going to fold your stroller. I've already had the tag on it. I'll make, uh, you know, I'll do that. I spent the majority of the boarding process trying to fold this flipping yeah, stroller up. Yeah. I, I had no idea. This is this is like an erector set it's that hard, I never. Yeah, it's hard to operate them now. I, they are high tech. Another guy stopped to help me, thinking I was the dad who didn't. I go, this isn't even my stroller. I'm trying to help. The two of us can figure this out. And we sat there trying to fold up a damn stroller. We we eventually got it done. I try to help. I try because I understand. If you're traveling and you got a baby and you're, it it probably makes you pretty nervous to get on a plane, right? That you're going to be that parent. Oh, absolutely. Uh I I hated it. I I hated flying with kids, which is why I drug them up. And, um, and then, but they were always pretty good. And I believe me. (laughs) Because they were drunk. I felt so blessed to have children. Benadryl. 
Benadryl and my kids who just didn't make a fuss. Because some there's this kind of new parenting thing, too. Ooh. Um, not so much with babies, and I'm not saying I'm okay. planes, but with kids, like, they say you're at the grocery store, and they are screaming bloody murder. Bloody murder. And the parents are ignoring them. Ooh. Now, okay, I get that. Don't, but hey, don't react you're it, in right? a, do that in your own, in the comfort of your own home or the yeah. uncomfort of your own home. You're in a public place. I have to hear your kids screaming nonstop, but they're, the way they're handling it is to ignore it. So, I mean, so think about being on a plane. Right. You can't do that. You can't do that. Now, not always is it the kids' problem. My mom is terrified of flying. Hmm. Used to be really bad. The only way she could fly was to have a few drinks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and by a few, I mean we'd get to the airport three hours early and sit at the bar. Well, we all say that. I'm going to need to drink before I fly. I flew on an international flight. I flew across the Atlantic as a little kid. I got to sit on the window. Our deal was you had to rotate, me and my maggot brother. He's on the aisle. I'm in the window. Mom sits in the middle to referee the fight. Yeah. You know, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. The, the stewardess is handing us, we got sodas. You can get free sodas on a plane. <laughs> Don't normally get sodas. This is a treat. Okay. She's handing the soda to me. And my brother hits the bottom of her elbow. Oh. And she spills some soda on me. So when she sets the soda on my brother's tray, I'm like trying to climb over mom and flip his tray up. And, the, you know, we're fighting. <laughs> That's what we do. We're brothers. So my mother, who had been drinking three hours prior to the flight... <laughs> She had a beer, and they give her a can on the plane. Hand to God. Shakes up the beer, oh. pops it, and sprays my brother and I in the face. It stopped the fight. We were both shocked that mom <laughs> just sprayed us down with beer. Mm-hmm. I love that. We get off the plane in Germany. Did people clap after she did that? We get off the plane in Germany by... Uncle is there, and my brother and I smell like a brewery. We're little kids walking off the plane with our little backpacks, and he's yelling in German, I learned later. What the hell did you do to these kids? That's hilarious. I think it'd be like Cologne in Germany, though. Oh, for God's like, sake. You know what your mother <laughs> answered? Your mother said, I did what I had to do. Yeah, yep. She was lit. End of story. She was lit. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> And a good morning, a uh, a happy Friday. So glad uh, that you would spend some time with us today, trudging your way into work. Hey, at least it's a Friday. Mm-hmm. This week's a short week. If nothing else, let's just try to focus on the positive, even if it is 28 degrees outside. Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. And, you know, yesterday the, the, I saw uh, what struck me as a pretty shocking headline uh, regarding drug overdoses in the United States and the numbers are staggering, Judy. 100,000 um, for the first time ever in the U.S. A record number. Yeah, record number, like a 28% increase. So wow, we're seeing a lot more addiction. And a and lot death. of it's driven by opioid, fentanyl, Most of it, yep. et cetera. We know that, that that leads to heroin. And, you know, that makes maybe all the more important to not only do we talk about it, but talk about things you can do. Joining us right now uh, is uh, Karen Wallenick Albert, and you are the chief executive officer of Recovery Centers of America. Good morning to you. 
Good morning. Thanks for having me on today. So we laid out a little bit that, that obviously there is a nationwide issue. There is a nationwide problem, and you guys are the front lines. You're seeing this firsthand. Absolutely. I mean, these recent numbers are are staggering. You know, I think we've seen the progression of the opioid crisis through through the last many years. And, and while I think we've made some progress in many areas, certainly everything that's gone on in the world in the last two years with the COVID epidemic and, um, you know, really focusing on some of that, we, we haven't maybe been paying enough attention to reaching out to people who are struggling with addiction. And I think that's part of the reason why we're seeing this, these increase in numbers. Oh, so 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 that you think that the rise in numbers, at least from 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 again, you you have much more of an expert opinion than I do. I was trying to equate it to why during the pandemic would more people overdose on drugs. I was thinking maybe the stress of it, losing your job, things like that. But you're saying maybe we just weren't focusing on them. We we they weren't able to go and get help. Yeah, I mean, I think, unfortunately, addiction thrives in isolation. And, you know, the pandemic has been isolating for people. And I think many traditional services haven't been as available to people because we've had to shift many of our public health efforts, you know, of course, to the pandemic and and helping people, you know, survive COVID-19. And and I think many people have been suffering silently. And I think you're right, dealing with the stress and, you know, fears and, and everything that's happened in the last two years have certainly you know, escalated many people's, you know, turning to substances to cope. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, you also mentioned, you know, we have very a very dangerous drug supply right now, and we don't even really know most people that, that are using drugs what's in the drug supply. You mentioned fentanyl, and we know fentanyl is a very dangerous opioid and, and is really responsible for many of our fatal overdoses. And fentanyl isn't just in the opioid supply. We're seeing fentanyl in the cocaine supply. We're seeing fentanyl in pressed pills that are being marketed as Xanax and other benzodiazepines. And so many times people don't even know what they're taking and how dangerous it is. Yeah, and that does seem to be the major, uh, you know, the, the major deadly component now in this in this case. And do you are you worried it's just going to get worse? I am worried that it's continuing to get worse. And, you know, we really need to to be able to get the message out there that, that people need to be safe, that there is help available. You know, many, many places are distributing, you know, fentanyl test strips, which can help test drugs for fentanyl. So people, at least if they if they are using, they can make a better decision about, you know, using safely, um, you know, not using alone, knowing what's in the drug supply. I think we've done a pretty good job, but we can continue to make sure that there's naloxone or Narcan available to mm-hmm. people that might be at risk of overdose. We know that naloxone is, is saving lives, and I think these numbers would be even worse if we didn't have, you know, a, a pretty decent system for distributing naloxone in Illinois. Karen Wallenick Albert is with us right now, the Chief Executive Officer at Recovery Centers of America. I carry uh, um, Narcan with me. I have it in. A, I have a med kit in the back of my car, and I have the. I went into a Walgreens, and the pharmacist wrote the prescription and i walked out with my narcan dose that i carry with me in event of emergency so you guys at recovery centers of america though you know 
important now more than maybe ever before. And I, I think it's really interesting you're doing something around the holidays centered around hope, because that strikes me as something that people who are in the midst of this, whether the addiction or dependency is them or it's it's a friend or a family member, could really use some hope. Absolutely. And and we want to spread that message of hope and and for people to know that that help is out there and recovery is possible. Um, you know, at Recovery Centers of America, we have a full continuum of care of services from detox to inpatient treatment to outpatient services at our newly opened South Elgin office that just opened last month. We are big proponents of medication-assisted treatment for people in recovery, you know, using that as a tool to manage their cravings and, and manage their long-term recovery. And we certainly want to get the message out that there is no shame and stigma about asking for help. Mm -hmm. You know, we have statistics that either about 1 in 11 people are, are struggling with some level of problematic substance use. And many of those people are afraid to come forward because of the stigma around, you know, struggling with drugs and alcohol. And I know we talk about drugs a lot, but is alcohol still the number one? Problem. It is, and we've, yeah, I mean, alcohol is still the number one kind of substance of misuse. Um, in addition to nicotine, you know, nicotine is also continuing to be problematic, and between nicotine and alcohol, you know, they are among the leading causes of preventable deaths in the United States, and so we are certainly also seeing an increase of people struggling with alcohol use during mm -hmm. the pandemic. You know, even people who haven't had an issue with problematic drinking or addiction in the past kind of the lack of structure in life and again dealing with the stressors and you know the fears has really prompted an increase in alcohol use for people too. So do you mostly deal do you see people the coming in struggle the people who are struggling or is it like the family and friends are those the people who maybe sometimes might need to make the first step toward helping them? I think it's a Absolutely. I think it's a combination of both. You know, certainly we, we have people that are reaching out on their own accord, but we also have many families and friends that aren't quite sure how to help their loved one. And, you know, anyone who has any questions about how to help a loved one or how to get into treatment themselves can call us at 1-800-RECOVERY. We also have complimentary intervention services. Um, our interventionists can work with families to help them help their loved one and, and offer treatment options and, and try to create, you know, an opportunity for people to accept help. Well, listen, it, 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 this time of year could bring upon a whole another variety of stressors, if you will, and, and pressures and recovery centers of America. Uh, uh, St. Charles, South Elgin uh, are doing doing a lot of work out there and trying to help people. And uh, I, I know you've got that uh, ornaments of hope going on as well. We do. We're going to be out at a number of events in our local communities to, again, spread awareness, to be a resource to people that might have questions, um, you know, to just kind of be there for people. This weekend, we're going to be at the Almost Winter Day event in South Elgin. That's on Saturday. And then on the 27th, we will be at the Holiday Homecoming in St. Charles. They're doing a, an amazing event there on Saturday the 27th. And then we will be at the Holiday in the Hills tree lighting ceremony in Campton Hills on Saturday, December 4th. Outstanding. Thank you so much. Thanks for the work that you do. And, uh, and again, let's hope that uh, the people that need the help can find it. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you. She's Karen Wallenick Albert, the Chief Executive Officer at Recovery Centers of America with an issue that is uh, bad. Sadly, as you hear.
could be getting worse. Yeah, could yeah. be getting I know. worse. Yeah, the, the holidays aren't that? always happy for everyone. So you know, we had one of these mind. smash and grab robberies again. It was at a, a Louis Vuitton store, right up at uh, Oakbrook Mall. One out of twelve man with a gun. Hey, good morning. Bruce, Judy, and Cheese, and it was a pretty dramatic story with some some accompanying video uh, at Oakbrook Center Mall. Fourteen people involved in what they refer to as a grab and run, a smashing grab at the Louis Vuitton store in the mall, and it really got us uh, looking at that. There have been some of these in the past. We've heard about. And seeing that the Mag Mile and, and some of the surrounding area was uh, kind of a hotbed for that, I guess. But it is a little surprising when you see it start spreading out a little bit, getting a little farther away from the city center. We wanted to understand a little bit more about what's going on. So joining us right now is Oak Brook's chief of police, James Kruger. Sir, good to have you with us today. Thank you. Good morning, Bruce. How are you today? Excellent. Uh, so are you seeing more of this criminal activity heading into your neighborhood? I mean, I guess my concern is as Chicago police clamp down here, are the criminals just going farther out? Well, I think it's somewhat cyclical. We've seen it every once in a while, but certainly it hasn't been anything that's been a, a consistent issue. Uh, it just so happens that coincidentally we had a similar issue at our Ulta store over the weekend, but we were able to make arrests in that case and mm -hmm. with the assistance of a, of a couple surrounding agencies, and, and that worked out very well. And uh, in trying to send the message, too, that, that there is definitely a consequence for criminal activity in DuPage County and when those arrests are made and people are charged. You're here. So you had some smash and grab at your Ulta store before this smash and grab at the uh, Louis Vuitton store? Well, I don't... I don't want to characterize it as a smash and grab. I think more like uh, the grab and go, as Bruce said, is okay. probably a little more accurate, where uh, you'll have a, a number of people uh, kind of uh, come in all at once, so that way there's really not a lot of that the, uh, the either the staff or even if they're security employed can really do about it because it's just so many people so fast, and they'll they'll get this done in 30 seconds and be gone. So, Chief Kruger, the idea behind these roving gangs of criminals they're, they're trying to overwhelm a store a business whatever uh the old you can't catch us all attitude right pretty much and in this case you know oakbrook center being an out being an outdoor mall uh you know the individuals just don't come up on the store altogether, you know calling attention to themselves but we saw that they came in from different areas and, and kind of converged all at the same time and you know in a concerted effort so mm. Uh, it was definitely there were some similarities. I'm sure you've seen in other uh, some other video footage yes. from other regional malls in the area, and and we're working with our partners in those agencies to see some of the connections that are involved. So, do you have any leads at this point? Uh, we are. Our detectives are working some leads. Uh, we were able to ascertain that there were three vehicles involved and, and got some uh, identification from those vehicles. And it's my understanding, uh, late last night, we had one recovered already. So uh, uh, they're working those leads along with uh, talking with other agencies that have had similar events. We're talking to Oak Brook's Chief of Police, James Kruger. And, uh, and, and Chief, what can, what can the stores and, and the merchants do to try to prevent something like this? Because it, it, it sounds pretty scary. 
Well, I think everybody needs to remain vigilant, of course, and be aware of their surroundings. Uh, you know, we've also, uh, we've, in our case, we've stepped up patrols, of course, in the area, and especially as the holiday shopping season starts to come on board. Uh, really, uh, our shopping districts have seen an influx of shoppers and visitors uh, in the last few weeks, kind of almost to Black Friday levels. So it's uh, it's been very interesting to see that. And uh, so, you know, the, the one message that I want to put out is that that people shouldn't be afraid or be concerned about coming out uh, to shop and to visit us, but in that we're addressing it and adding more patrols and being more, okay. uh, you know, uh, out there. And uh, so that way uh, people can feel safe. Sure. Well, and I'm familiar with Oakbrook Mall, um, which, by the way, you're right, has been jam-packed lately. <laughs> but uh, but I, there are stores. We appreciate that, it. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. I, I was there last night, actually, at the new Fogo de Chao restaurant. Um, uh, so the some of the stores, the high-end stores, in which there are mostly high-end stores there, they actually have people that, see, you know, guards, security yeah. that stands in front and limits the number of people that come in. Yeah, maybe that's Do you the, think that's going to be what uh, stores are going to start doing? Well, it's interesting you mentioned that. We've kind of talked to them because that was some of the procedure that they were using during the, the pandemic in order to limit traffic, you know, in order to maintain social distancing. And we've kind of talked to them about maybe using a similar method to that way to kind of continue to uh, to kind of limit that, that activity. You know, in this particular case, Louis Vuitton did have a, a security officer employed too, but of course, there's only so much somebody could do, and and certainly that individual did the best they could do, considering, you know, they weren't our police department. They didn't have a radio. They didn't have backup. They, mm. You know, they're, they're kind of all on their own and, and trying to limit exposure, and, uh, and I give a lot of credit for engaging, and uh, we believe that through some of that and grabbing some of the merchandise back, he, he probably saved a significant amount of, the, of the them. Chief, we appreciate your time. Thank you for the work that you're doing out there in, in Oakbrook, and uh, uh, best of luck and happy holidays. Thank you. Same to you. Appreciate it. Outstanding. That's Chief James Kruger with the Oakbrook Police. After they had uh, what 14 people again, like swarm the Louis Vuitton store grab up as much as they could carry and run out of the door. Yeah, limiting the number of people in the store might be the only way that you can quote-unquote police that in any way, shape, or form because if 14 people all start running for the doors, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and, you know, we could say it's, oh, well, it was Louis Vuitton, but, you know, they go to Alta, too. Alta, I mean, it's, yeah. it could be a clothes store next. Yeah. Who knows? $15,000 worth of smell good. Yeah, Remember right. that? They mm-hmm. stole. Yeah. I can't imagine how yeah. much smell good that is, actually. Why? Is that Faith No More, Cheese? Yes, it is. Is that epic? (laughs) Good work. All right. DJ Cheese over there. Judy, Bruce, and you know what? It is a Friday. We're heading into a a weekend holiday next week. It's a good time to have Mm -hmm. folks in studio and do a little talking about food, shall we? Get in foodie with Bruce and Judy. And we are nailing it now because we are talking. We're in my wheelhouse, right? Guys, welcome. Please introduce yourselves. Thanks for having us. I'm David Grossman with Epic Burger. Yeah. 
And I'm Nick Barnhart with Epic Burger as well. Outstanding. So, David- And by the way, we're live on Facebook. So go to WLSAM.com because you're going to want to see some of this food. I don't even know where to start. But let's start with what you brought in studio with us. Can you explain what this monstrosity is over here? So we brought in several things. But the first thing I'm going to talk about is the Epic... I can say this on radio, right? Epic AF Challenge? Epic oh, AF yeah. Challenge. What is the Epic AF Challenge? So this is a new food challenge that will launch where a customer can purchase this monstrosity, which consists of two bacon double cheeseburgers, <laughs> an order of french fries, an order of sweet potato fries, an order of onion rings, an order of chicken tenders, and... The milkshake of your choice. Okay. For the low price of $20.08. I'm in. And if you finish this in 20 minutes and 8 seconds, it's free. And and you get this really cool Epic AF t-shirt. Because you completed the challenge. Nice. And you're up on our Epic AF Hall of Fame board. You get a picture on the wall? You picture, you're you're, going to be like etched in stone. Some of the people out there right now are saying, I could totally nail that. Wait, you've got to see it. Again, on Facebook, we'll put it up on Instagram and Twitter. Careful before you you dive in and say, that's easy. I could could eat a hit. Good night, Irene. That is a lot of food. I don't want to count the calories. Don't even make me do oh, it. Yeah. Let's not. Let's much. not do it. Well, it's let's, free, I think. Let's talk a little bit about Epic Burger, though. How many locations we have now? Seven locations today. All right. Started in Chicago in 2008. Okay. Hence the 2008 price point. Like hence that? the 20 minutes and eight second finish <laughs> time. It's all making sense now. Yeah, I've been around for a long time. Love Chicago. Got are five you, are locations you only in, in Chicago or are you in the suburbs? Five in the city, two in the suburbs. Okay, There's where? One where, in Evanston, where? downtown Evanston, one at Old Orchard, mm. Skokie. So I can only imagine that being in this business in the last year and a half has been a bit challenging. I don't see a ton of gray hair, but mm. I'm guessing that, that being in the restaurant business certainly had to be a challenge. Talk to us about what, what the big things you're dealing with. Yeah, so, you know, obviously it's the labor shortage. Um, You know, luckily we've been we've been pretty good on that. Um, And the other main thing is the, you know, the the supply chain issues and uh, just makes your job a little more difficult sourcing, um, especially our food. Uh, It's more mindful burger. So we really care about where we get our ingredients from. And we really care what people put in their bodies. So sure. for us, it's a little more difficult too because we we don't want to we don't want to waver on any of that. Um, but yeah, those are those are two main challenges. Well, can you explain that further? Because I mean, as we all know, there are a lot of burger joints out there, right? What what makes yours special? Yeah, so we use uh, it's a company called Creekstone. It's uh, all natural, no hormones, no antibiotics. Oh, um, it's also halal certified as well. Um, you know, it just, it tastes fresh. Hand smash it on the grill, caramelize the sugars right on the grill, flip it over, put the cheese, wait till it melts just a little bit. And, uh, I'm seriously we serve drooling. right over to you. I, yeah. I'm a bit of a burger aficionado. I don't know if that comes across and, uh, you know, that I, uh, uh, may have had a few of them in my lifetime. So I'm, I'm a fan of the burgers. I'm really looking forward to digging into this. Um, but even I am going to tell you as much as I would love burgers. I don't think I could finish that in 20 minutes. I don't know if a family of four could finish that in 20 <laughs> minutes. It's a hell of a lot of food in the Epic AF Challenge Burger. 
Yeah, we've tested it and about We've tested it. We've tested it. We've had about fifty people take the challenge. Seriously. And about half yeah. have been able to finish it. Really? Oh, so so it's we want doable. people to finish it. We want people to come okay. in, have some fun. And Maybe I'm underestimating my abilities. I think you should yeah. try it. <laughs> yeah. and well. Go. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I, I, you, you, you gotta work up to something like yeah, that. You, you, you gotta, gotta stretch, get a stretch, yeah. you know. You gotta make sure you're doing things like that again. Hydrate the day before. Hydrate. Good point. David and Nick from Epic Burger are uh, are with us now. And you guys, what what else? Did, you guys brought some others. You brought shakes. Shakes is a big part of this. Yeah, your shakes look so good. They literally look, they look taste fake. great. That's awesome. We uh, we brought two of our uh, traditional classic chocolate shakes, and uh, starting next week we'll be launching a candy cane shake, which we also brought over to Perfect. you. Perfect. It's, uh, just tasted just, it. It's amazing. Awesome. Mm. awesome. Tastes like candy cane. Tastes like candy cane. Okay, you know. Tastes like the holidays. See, if I did the challenge, the shake would do me in. Oh right? really? That's going to be, be the okay. thing that pushes you over the edge. Uh, yes. I think I could. I think could make a pretty good dent in that, but that shake would kill me. Ooh, they I'd have be to done. finish the shake too. They've got oh, to yeah. finish yeah. everything. Ooh, right, changes everything yeah. mm -hmm. safely, of course. So, in the world of hamburgers, and like you know, Judy just mentioned, there's a ton of places that do burgers. All right, tell me about some of your. your I use the term specialty because you guys do some different things with burgers. Be a good way to put it. Yeah, certainly our beef is fresh, as Nick said. Um, we serve a halal beef and halal chicken. And uh, our turkey burger is amazing. We do serve a Beyond Burger. Uh, we were one of the first restaurants in Chicago to carry the Beyond Burger about seven years ago. And then just six months ago, they launched a new Beyond Chicken Tender. It's a plant-based chicken tender that we carry, and it's fantastic. Is it really? I haven't tried it. You I did the Beyond Burger, and I could, think I could not chicken. really tell the difference. You wouldn't think this was plant-based. Really? You would think it was chicken. Okay. It's great. We've got some great sauces. So we've also got a grilled veggie burger. We've got a great variety, and it's just not a burger place. We've got something for everyone. What's a jalapeno cheese bomb? That I'm going to let Nick talk about because <laughs> he created it. Oh, but okay. It's, it's an award-winning burger. Yeah. You are the artiste behind this, the Nick. artist. Yes, I like that. Um, so we entered this burger into the... Um, the citywide hamburger hop competition, uh, and we were fortunate enough to win. That, um, so we Champion. got to go to a little award ceremony and okay, have a little so fun. Okay, so that's a must try. What, what describe it? Yeah, so it's a it's just a it's a double burger. We put uh, two little uh, scoops of jalapeno cream cheese on each burger. Mm. Top it with bacon, fried shallots, and then we have lettuce, tomato, pickles, and a spicy garlic ranch sauce. <laughs> the jalapeno cheese bomb, the. 2021 winner of Hamburger Hop, and you can only get it at Epic Burger. Outstanding. I didn't know we were in the presence of royalty here, for goodness sakes. It's epic. Winner, winners. Guys, thank you very much. Online, where can people go and find out more information? Find the one that's nearest to them. Go to epicburger.com. Uh, you can download our app, join our rewards program, follow us on Instagram. Come check us out. Thanks Absolutely. for having us. And Thanks when does us. the challenge start? It'll be January 1st, January 2nd, right in okay. the beginning All of right. the year. So there's time right. to, you know, right. work up to it. I can practice. Right? I'm going to start with the single, go to the double, and then make it to the triple. By there the way, go. just for future reference, if you ever need someone to test burgers in the future, just throwing it out there. Yeah. Just, I'm, I'm available. Right here. I'm going to put it that way, Fine. okay? Nice. Sound like a deal. Thanks a lot to David and Nick with Epic Burger. 
And a good morning to you. A happy Friday. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. And I, we just had a wonderful time with our, our getting foodie guests there oh, at Epic yeah. Burger. I got a, another idea for him. Like, yeah, I'm always, I'm, I'm, I'm an idea person. You're an idea man. That's what I do. Uh, and I think they should, um, they should bottle this scent and, and oh, sell it. Oh, like cologne. Or they had a candle that smelled like this. <gasps> We've never been so popular in this building. <laughs> People coming in, they were just, they they were just coming down the hall because of Epic Burger. So Thanksgiving, obviously, next Thursday. And, and you know what? There has been a bit of a change. You know, certainly in, in my lifetime, I went from, there was nothing open on Thanksgiving to everything was open on Thanksgiving. And, and Judy now maybe headed the other direction. Yeah. A lot of stores are going to be closed on Thanksgiving. Coles, Macy's. Yeah. Stores that maybe traditionally in the past, had uh, opened uh, Target. Sorry. So if you're going to need your I need to pa- I need to stock up. Yeah, you better stock up because it's not going to be open. I got to go on Wednesday. Target's going to close on Walmart. I mean, it's a big deal. Walmart's used to, used to be a thing. Yep. Right? Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I actually think this is a good thing for a variety of reasons. But also, just because of the people that had to work. I always felt bad. Yeah. You know, the, right. I say have to work. Some of me chose to, but still, you had to work on that. And it seems that some of this is being driven by maybe not all companies are suddenly altruistic and want to give their employees another day off, but just having trouble finding people. Well, yeah, and people, I, we've heard about what workers are demanding these days. Uh, do you think they're going to work on Thanksgiving? Can't, yeah, can't no. afford to stay open. No. But it's interesting, some of the stores that say they will be open. Oh, okay. So where can I go on Thanksgiving? A uh, grocery store. You know, Jewel. Okay. We'll be open to a four. Kroger, Mariano's, Myers, Whole Foods. Um, modified hours. So right. to, and we'll that, Obviously to give people the time off, too. I mean, because that was the big thing, right? Yeah, I, so you I, could spend time with your exactly. family. Exactly. It, it irked me so much, but, so I, but I did go out one time. On like Thanksgiving Eve, oh, okay. I got home. I was at my cousin's, and I got home early. And I'm like, I'm going to go to Target. Oh, and you I, did one of those Thanksgiving, did, yes, on Thanksgiving. Day. They had such great deals, right? They were like I mean, pre Black Friday. They're not or just going to open. They're saying we're going to be open and we're going to have some awesome. Yeah, we're going to yeah. open yeah. at nine p.m. till mm. whatever. And I, it, they were good, but it wasn't worth it. I felt. I just felt dirty. I felt dirty shopping on Thanksgiving. I felt dirty. But you know what I do do on things I've throughout my life that I don't ever feel bad about is bowling. Get out. Are yeah. bowling alleys open on Thanksgiving? Yes, they are. I know what movie theaters are. Yep. A lot of people go yeah. go to movies. So how about this? So I don't know if you you know this. Wednesday next Wednesday night is second only to New Year's Eve in the nightclub business. Yeah. Oh yeah, Black Wednesday. Everybody, all the nightclubs yeah. are jumping, and and uh, I've always thought like, what, what's the mindset behind it? That and then movie theaters on the week is. I'm so sick of my family already that I want to go out to a nightclub and get blackout drunk and then sit in a dark room for two hours and not have to talk to them at the movie theater. Nice. That's what I'm thinking. That's how I see it already, yeah. right? Yeah, no, Miranda, it's a big party mm-hmm. day. Are you gonna? Mm-hmm. You're going out. You already got your your Wednesday night plans. So when I started working at Olive Garden back in 2016. They told me about Blackout Wednesdays. I did not know that, Didn't what know it was. It. I had to explain to my mom why I had to sleep over at somebody's house the day before Thanksgiving because I wanted to drink. So, basically, <laughs> they told me that it's just that all about enjoying... Yeah. It's the day that you enjoy with your friends before Thanksgiving. Before the family shows up and you're sick of them. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. It's a great day. That's a, that's the only a problem day. is that you're, you know, being hungover and having to deal with families sometimes, ooh, a bad That's mix. even worse, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, sometimes. If you can't sleep. 
Good point. I think you've made a, a solid argument in there. So, uh, yeah, lightly stores that maybe traditionally, I say traditionally, but recently had been open, are going to be closed on Thanksgiving. So Count you will have to spend thing. the day with your family and yeah. maybe longer. Mm. But there is football, though. Yeah, we get the to Bears watch the Bears play. lose to the Lions. Hey. Why do you keep <laughs> saying that out loud? True that. You are putting it in the universe. Stop. <laughs> it's the Lions, for the love of God. I know. That's why they're going to win. It's going to make it even better. Don't say things like Thanksgiving. That. So let me get this straight. Well, I blame we're going to be hungover. We're going to have to watch the Bears lose to Detroit, uh-huh. and then we're going to have to eat turkey, which apparently some of you don't I like. I desperately need to have my faith in humanity restored. Judy <laughs> says she can do it for us now. That's going to be difficult today. In the UK, historic churches are becoming unique destinations for an overnight stay in nature. At the same time. That money is being raised to save those churches. So it's all thanks to champing. Get it? Camping, champing, which involves booking a church as a campsite for the night and champing the organization that ensures that your necessities are provided and that all proceeds keep the churches, some of which date to the 12th century, in good order. I mean, how cool is this? So save a church, people. Camp out in church, camping, right. champing. And these churches that aren't actually many times being used, but they're historic. Yeah. Yeah, so champing provides camp beds, camp stoves, fairy lights, lanterns, and tea and coffee making equipment. I mean, so, it's you know, you're camping, but it's nice. A lot nicer. And you are indoors. Okay. So for the churches without flushing toilets, champing provides a mobile one powered okay. by solar energy. They'll even try to include a breakfast if delivering can be facilitated or if a restaurant is willing to partner with them. By the way, glamping also originated in the UK. Good. Camping, glamping, and now champing. I like it. Yeah, do some good. Save a church. I can just see that I go there, people start showing up. Now, all of a sudden, I've got my own religion. Oh, <laughs> you know, nice. yeah. Well, he was the first guy here. He leave. was standing up yeah. there. And I'm like, yeah, let's keep coming on <laughs> in, folks. You could be the head champer. World according to Bruce. You'll get oh. you through that. All right. Hey, thanks for restoring faith in humanity. That actually sounds like quite an adventure. Yeah. Champing. Church camping. Uh, thanks a lot to uh, MG and the Posse over there in Mission Control. We appreciate their work today. And from producer Miranda. And... Associate infant producer Joey, yeah, we're working over there, there yeah. on the other side of the double pain bulletproof class. DJ Cheese working those ones and twos all morning long. Thank you, sir. Our friends at Epic Burger. Yes. Mm, Can't leave them really out of it. Oh, it smells delicious in here. And Nick Gale is sticking around. Don't worry. The news, the traffic, the weather. He's got it all coming up next right here on 890 WLS. The Bruce St. James Show on 890 WLS.